Welcome to the Freedom Fries Podcast. From the timeless Army-Navy rivalry to a passion for pursuing financial freedom through real estate, join Mike and Spiros for real talk about the huge wins and crushing losses of patriots who relentlessly pursue financial freedom. Freedom Fries is focused real estate investing for epic success. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Freedom Fries Real Estate Podcast. It's your boys, uh, Mike and Spiros here, back at it again with another great hey. episode. Go ahead, buddy. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Uh, I'm doing so, so great. The weather here in Florida today is absolutely gorgeous. And That's I'm awesome. super excited to start our Saturday with, quite honestly, uh, real estate royalty on, yep. the, on the Freedom Fries uh, Real Estate Podcast. Today, we have Taylor Wing, and and I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of Army-Navy banter because both Mike <laughs> and Taylor are Army guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we're super excited to, to bring Taylor on and get to know his story because it is absolutely inspiring. Right. Besides, be, besides being a fantastic Army conversation and being an Army officer, Taylor is just a a gem of knowledge. He's a, he talks about such important topics that are important, not only to military, not only to real estate, just in general, right? How to be a good person, how to do the hard work when nobody's looking, how to bird deals, how to buy, how to find off market yeah. deals. This is, this is loaded with information, whether you're a seasoned investor, whether you're a cadet, right? Taylor graduated from the uh, military academy at West Point. So everybody who's listening, who's a, you know, a younger investor, this is directly pointed at you. And even for a seasoned investor going at such a young age from no properties to 32 doors. That's freaking fantastic. <laughs> so uh, really excited to bring Taylor onto the show. And uh, without any further ado, let's bring him in. All right. Welcome, Mr. Taylor Wing. We're so excited to have you here today. Obviously, this is a special moment for me. This is finally the first time that I have Spiros outnumbered. We got we have two Army guys. If you're watching this, you can see I decked out today in my Army stuff. Two Army guys to one Navy guy. So we know this is going to be a good conversation when we don't have to hear all that Navy nonsense. So, Taylor, I'm going to pass the mic over to you. Uh, tell the people a little bit about who you are. And obviously, Spiros and I will jump in and, and ask you some questions, and we'll have a nice uh, conversation today. Absolutely. And of course, go Army. We always want to be Navy. And again, my name is... <laughs> Taylor Wing, I'm happy to be here with you guys, talk a little bit about real estate, tell some stories, wins, losses, everything like that. Um, a little bit about me, I just got out of the Army, finished my active duty service, I wrapped it up in June. So I'm pretty fresh out, still trying to figure out how to reintegrate in society and like where I put my hands, you know, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just got out and doing real estate full time. So definitely got this big real estate bug while I was in the service and uh, started buying up as many properties as I could, flipping, you name it, and uh, fell, kind of fell into that full time. So um, I'm kind of just living life uh, on my own time and following my passions. So that that's a, I mean, the fact that you're so fresh out of the military and your transition and you're you're already doing real estate full time. There's got to be more more to it than than that, right? So tell us about what you were doing, obviously in active duty, to get you to this point so quickly. Yeah. So I, I commissioned at West Point, 2018. And got spit out into the Army as a field artillery officer. I got stationed at the 82nd up at Fort, uh, I guess, Liberty now. Fort Liberty now. Fort Liberty, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Formerly known as Fort Bragg. Is, yeah. That's how I always know at home of the Airborne. So I uh, spent most of my, my 
career there as a junior officer. And uh, Fayetteville was a great place for real estate. That's where I got my feet wet. Uh, the barrier to entry is pretty low. You can get properties that are back then at a even now at a pretty cheap price. And so that's where I really started uh, getting my feet wet and, and buying as much real estate as I possibly could. So um, I used a ton of different strategies. You know, I've, I did house hacking, I did Burr strategy, uh, creative financing. So like sub twos and mm -hmm. sub financing, I was a lieutenant, didn't have a lot of cash coming out right. from the army, didn't have a lot of savings. So I really had to get creative with how I wanted to take these properties down and scale my portfolio. But in less than three years, just by really grinding at it, and I'm kind of like one of those obsessive types, just going, getting after it, mm -hmm. ended up buying 32 rental units before I got out of the wow. army. I was in, I had three years left on my, my That's awesome, man. Congrats. That's, so. <laughs> I mean, we should take a second and really everybody listening, 32 units while you're active duty before you even get out. That's phenomenal. Holy cow. That's awesome, man. Good job. That's awesome. Yeah, I was I was busy, you know, I was Holy. busy. Army army by day, investor by night. So, I've I trust uh, I have been there putting <laughs> I've had the uniform on during the day and then I'm uh, fixing the house with my dad later at night. So I, I know exactly uh, how that is. What what inspired you though to to do that? Was did you hear something, read something? I mean, there there had to have been something that launched you in that direction. Yeah, so I um I've always been fascinated by entrepreneurship and I okay. really never knew that was a like a career opportunity because mm -hmm. I'd never heard about it. I'd never heard of entrepreneurship. I never heard of real estate. My dad was a government employee for 30 years. So all I really knew was like, you know, your, your right. traditional model, which is right. you go to school, you get good grades and then you can get a, a good job and then you can try to max out your salary. And then, you know, the goal is to save as much money into mm -hmm. a 401k or a TSP. Right. And hopefully you have a, a big enough nest egg to and, retire. So. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's just that I feel like that in, in our generation, that's how we're taught. Our parents are taught. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's how you're on the hamster wheel forever and ever until you're working until you're 65. So yeah, yeah I'm, I was taught the same exact way. Yep. And again, nothing wrong with that. Right. That's just what I knew. That was the definition of success right. for you know my whole life until probably when I started reading like Rich Dad for Dad. <laughs> yep. And, and, other Kiyosaki readings, uh, and then kind of a light bulb turned on after I read some of those books. Um, and plus, at that time too, I, I had met my my now wife. Uh, we have a little four month old, by the way. So we're congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Of that cute I have one. I have a three month oh, Taylor, so I I know your pain right now. <laughs> yes, sir. So you know you're probably just oh, as tired man. as me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, and um, I mean you you guys know how the activity yeah. lifestyle is. I mean you're you're gone a lot. You know, with the eighty second, you're at, either at a training rotation off at JRTC or you're doing a rotation out and. Uh, Kuwait or something. So we were, I was just gone a lot and it was kind of hard to uh, maintain that lifestyle I wanted because I wanted to be home uh, and spend right. a little bit more time with, uh, she was, I think she was my girlfriend about to be a fiance at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew, hey, um, kind of wanted something a little bit different. Um, enjoyed my service. I, I, you know, I love serving. Right. I definitely miss the boys and it's still, it's still hard to transition out and kind of readjust because, right. you know, I don't... <laughs> I don't have any friends out here anymore. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, your identity changes. Yeah, um, sure. It, it, so I'm still getting adjusted to that, but um, but I still wanted a, a little bit more of a settled lifestyle so we can kind of start our family and everything. So uh, that's what really motivated me. Uh, it motivated me enough to work that hard in order to accomplish those goals so I can provide that lifestyle that we wanted for our family. That's super cool. So I, I've got a, a question for you guys. I know mm -hmm. in the Navy, you know, I remember when it was time for my transition um, you know, you went to your TAPS class and you took a talent inventory and mm -hmm. they told you, 
you know, hey, you're going to be good at this. Go right. find a job at this and and fill out this disability paperwork and and, yep. and get out of here. You know, I, I'm wondering for you, Army guys, was it more? Did you get more? Do you get any kind of exposure to the possibility of small business ownership? You know, how to get an SBA loan or anything like that? Or is it really just the traditional, you know, go get a good job and do your thing? I'm curious what your experience was on the Army side. Yeah, for me, the, the TAPS thing was a complete waste of time. Like, it was like, <laughs> it was like stupid. I mean, I guess yeah. if like, you know, you're, you didn't learn any life skills yet and you're just finally getting spit out into the real world, maybe yeah. it's helpful. I remember it being like, here's how you make a budget. You know, right. Or, uh, Right. Like really, really elementary functions. Um, right. So I didn't, I, at least yeah. I didn't find it. Sim- I, I just. <laughs> similar, 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 similar to me, Taylor. I was, I had the same experience. Actually, I'm on terminal leave right now and I'm done with active duty uh, December. So I'm oh, same. Yeah, man. Yeah. Super happy. I'm in the same boat as you. I just needed to settle down a little bit and have, you know, have a good place for the kids to have, call home and we're not moving around all over the place. But Spiros, I had the same experience with TAPS, not you know, really good intentions, probably more geared towards somebody who doesn't have a, you know, a degree or um, kind of like a life track already. And, you know, really rudimentary basic skills that are just trying to get you, you know, so you're not in the middle of the world by, you know, with no skills at all. So, yeah. So I'll tell you guys, I'll tell you guys a quick funny story. I agree with you. I, I, I felt like it was relatively not helpful. Right. But so I went to TAPS, I took the little talent survey and and the, the guy it said you'd be a good it, janitor <laughs> it said it said it actually said you'd be a good technical salesperson hmm. back then back then i was like offended i'm like i'm a naval aviator <laughs> i'm not gonna go around begging people to buy anything right you know, like do you know who i am right like it was it was that kind of like an sure. attitude and here i am i'm 49 i've been in business in my own business for 20 years guess what i'm doing <laughs> I'm doing technical sales. That's awesome. It's exactly the Navy what I'm knew doing. you better than you knew yourself. Yeah, yeah man. Exactly. So there's my power of the there's military. My, there's my quick funny story. That's awesome, Taylor. You you have such a a fantastic story, especially for the younger generation, especially for, uh, you know, students who are at service academies or younger service members around the world. So I want to jump into a little bit of just about your early career, right? How did you feel prepared or how did you arm yourself with the knowledge or, you know, the mental fortitude, so to say, to go out and buy your first deal or feel comfortable, you know, doing a house hack? How did you even learn what a house hack is? How did you know how to use the VA loan, right? I, I get so excited about this and I can go on and on, but I think it's so important because oftentimes I don't think this is taught in the normal academic setting. And it it that falls onto the soul, uh, shoulders of somebody just have to doing the research on their own, which is fine, right? But it, it takes people like us to point people in the right direction or listening to a podcast to show them like, hey, yeah, this is possible. You just have to do the legwork and learn about it. Absolutely. And one little note before I, I hit that topic for transitioning service members, even though TAPS does suck, what's really, really awesome is the um, what the Army Internship Program. What, what's that one? Um, the um, uh, uh, Skills Bridge Program or whatever? Yeah, I know what you're talking. I know Army has. There's a couple of them, right? Um, But that's an awesome program. Absolutely. Transitioning out, I mean, you've got to do it. You you can take it. It's commander approval, but 
you can take up to like six months and learn, like actually intern with a company or intern with another entrepreneur and actually learn hundred percent skills. That's a great point. Uh, potentially transition right into a job. So. I think most of the times after that program, it leads into a direct job offer internship post army career, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, yeah great point. Folks, and, and you can also just make your own. So I ended up kind of doing more of an entrepreneurial one. And luckily I got that approved. That's awesome. Um, and I worked on my business during that time. So I had like, I only, I think I got like four months and I was able to just really grind at my flip business, which I have now and, and get that started before I got out. So I had a little leg up, but mm -hmm. by the time I got out, cause I already had a lot of things moving. So um, if you guys are, if there's anyone listening that is transitioning, like that's you awesome. You need to take advantage of that. And great advice. And don't, don't let your uh, commanders <laughs> disapprove it. Go yep. up another level. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But uh, back, back to your, your question that you were mentioning earlier, uh, you know, having that fortitude or having that ability to make that leap of faith. Um, I think that's where a lot of people do get caught up mm -hmm. is uh, they're, they don't know how to start. They don't know if like, oh, is this really the right move I need to be making? Uh, I would say there's, there's really two things. For one, it's a big mindset piece. Like uh, I do read a lot of books kind of around mindset and it, it, you kind of have to prep your mind to be able to make that leap of faith and have that confidence in yourself. I always say like, for me, I have to believe it even when others can't see it. Mm -hmm. When I was that young, I was like, I'm going to buy all these rental properties. And, you know, I want to have this kind of money and people, even, you know, my parents would listen and say, you're, right. you're kind of crazy. Same. But for me, I, I have 100% faith. Like this is, I can see it. I know that you guys can't, but I can already see this. So that's the kind of like attitude I had to have towards it. Right. Um, and, and number two, it's, it's also really helpful when you have a, a mentor or a community to kind of um, hold your hand a little bit. So you guys are in the same community as I am. I, right. I joined the White Feather back in 2020. Um, so I had Buddy Rushing kind of there as my, my first mentor to show me the ropes. Um, and that helped a lot because I didn't know what a house hack was. I didn't know what a burr was or a sub two. Sure. And all I needed was just a little information. Of, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And once I knew that that uh, theory or that concept existed, then I can just take it. I, I applied it to the streets and I was able to make it happen. So you know, having a mentor, they're not going to like get the deals for you and right. hold your hand through the whole thing, right. but they're going to show you the path. Like I'm going to show you the way and then you're going to go ahead and charge forward yourself. So it's also good. Just, mentors, right. So, yeah. And it's also good just to know that you have somebody in your corner if you want to like, hey, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or if this is the numbers aren't working out. Can you just, you know, fact check me here and make sure I'm not looking at this crazy. That's just helpful in, in general. Right. 100%. So Taylor, tell us about a disaster that you dealt with that looking <laughs> back on it now, you're like, I'm so glad that happened because I learned so much from it. And now I'm on a different path because of it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a number of those, um, whether it be, you know, rehabs, uh, rehabs going over budget, rehabs going over time, um, me analyzing a deal incorrectly and buying too high, um, even kind of recently, um, not tax planning efficiently. So you're doing okay. all this stuff and then you find out like oh here's your tax bill by the way you owe like twenty five thousand dollars right now so i was like yep. well okay i didn't really been there with that. you too brother so, <laughs> so there's been i just feel like i haven't had one big like monumental failure that kind of like broke the bank but i've had several where i've, I've taken losses and right. each like I guess I don't want to call it a failure, but I would say opportunity to learn with each opportunity to learn. Um, I was able to grow from it and become a little bit better or a, a little bit smarter. So now I, I, I budget better. I buy my properties at better prices. I build more contingencies. I hired a new CPA, uh, bookkeeping. Like I'm more on top of things just because I guess I'm an army guy. I'm an artillery man. I have to bang my head against the wall sometimes <laughs> and learn the hard way, hey. get a little bit hurt, but 
but I'd rather do that than just stop and, and let that fear hold me right. back. Ultimately. Right. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it doesn't really, you know, that's old saying, it doesn't matter how many times you fall up. It matters how many times you get back up. So, you know, mistakes are going to happen. Losses are going to happen, but if you don't take anything away from it, then that's a loss, but taking something away from it, you know, it's not really a loss. So, uh, and I, I'm a similar situation from you, Taylor. I haven't had a huge, you know, financial loss, but I've had little bits and pieces, you know, contractors kind of bailing on me, me prepaying them, which is, I know the cardinal sin. And, you know, I just felt so comfortable and they, they steam me into trusting them. So, you know, learn from that and say, okay, you're never going to prepay a contractor. Same thing, you know, did a couple flips, didn't know that I could, you know, do 1031s or that I might have some tax implications from having all those capital gains so quickly. Boom, tax season comes and, you know, all, all my profits are kind of getting cut into. So little, you know, those are the little things that you learn by being in the game. But, you know, what, what's important, as Taylor's saying, is you got to be in the game to learn those mistakes. So you can't, uh, you know, by being privileged to be in that situation, to even have the opportunity to make those mistakes, you're ahead of the game in the first place. So all that little stuff is just kind of part of the uh, the whole scheme. Spiros, how about you, man? Have you, what kind of losses have you had? Um, I, You know, I'm kind of a weird one, right? I had a couple of home runs early in my real estate career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think my mistakes came or are coming later because I'm, I'm, finding it difficult to find some of the the great big deals that I came up with early, early in my career. And and by the way, my career started about uh, six months ago when I joined (laughs) the White Feather Accelerator. And very early on, actually before the accelerator even started, I swung a couple of home runs. One was a 12 townhome wholesale deal that's just start. Yeah, it's just starting to close. We're going to close on the first one of those. And all those went to White Feather Investors, which was super fantastic. That's awesome. And then I've got another um, luxury fix and flip down in uh, Palm Beach, Florida at Palm Beach Polo and Country Club. I think since then, you know, it's been tough, right? Because I set the bar super high really early in my real estate career. So now I'm having to go back and, and do some of the blocking and tackling of trying to set up a foundational business. And it's it's proving a little difficult, you know. Um, the other thing I think maybe I've, I've learned, I don't know that it's a lesson for everybody is I jumped into this very high dollar flip project in Palm Beach Pool and Country Club, and it's tied up mm. you know, really all of my sort of buying power um, as far as having cash. Now, realize you don't need to have cash to continue down the road, but um, but you know, um, I'm learning a lot. Helps. But I haven't, yeah, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't fallen on my face yet. It's coming, I'm sure, um, because I'm getting more bold and I'm getting more um, excited about trying some of these different strategies, you know, um, right. that we're learning about. But, um, but yeah, right now we're, I'm learning all about dealing with contractors and, and, and Oh, the good stuff. You know, getting, getting people to work on Friday afternoons, yep. uh, is not an easy task. You know, I, I honestly, I think it's easier to get soldiers and sailors to, to go on deployment and join the fight than it yeah. is to get contractors to work on a Friday. Yeah. Um, it's let, if, let alone. yeah no it's hard to just find good work these days in general yeah. just to, you know someone who's saying yeah i'll be there on monday and they actually show up so that's part of the challenge in and of itself uh taylor so taylor that yeah. that actually brings up a yeah. question uh, on that so you've got a lot going on a lot of volume of work like yeah. do you have like your own crews now that that sort of you have on retainer all the time or even work for you how do you manage the volume of deals that you're doing in the marketplace yeah that's Great question. And uh, I will say just caveat on what you're saying right now, it's especially tough, like, cause there's a labor shortage. Uh, so you're paying a premium for labor yep. and there's always, you know, and 
materials itself is more expensive. So for the yep. same job right now, you're, you're spending more right. labor and materials. So everything costs, <laughs> everything costs a lot more. Everything's expensive nowadays. Um, now for our business, that's where I'd like to go. It eventually is vertically integrate where we have our, I'm thinking about getting my own GC license. I mean, I don't know how much I want, more I want to add on. <laughs> but vertically integrating. And so we have our own crews that are, are salaried or not paying them for a job. Um, that's what I want to work towards. But right now we have our preferred general contractor and he has his crew mm-hmm. and he's able to support multiple projects going on at one time. Mm-hmm. So okay. he's, he's kind of like our, like a, a centerpiece really. He, he's getting a lot oh, of projects yeah. done for us. Um, and we probably have at one time, maybe like two or three going on at simultaneously. So okay. um, I'd like to also scale that. And I think to get to that next level, vertically integrating is something that we might need to do. Right. Um, but I'd like to have maybe like five or so going on and we're mostly just in the single family residential space here in St. Lucie, Martin County, and very familiar with Palm Beach County as well. So I kind of know that area that you're talking about. It's yep. exciting. Yeah. Uh, once you go, once you cross that line into Palm Beach, though, you know, your price tag. Is <laughs> so I, I don't yeah. do as much down there. Um, but uh, yeah, we have that general contractor who's kind of like that, you know, centerpiece there. He's managing his crews. He's managing his guys to make sure the project's moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm in there maybe like once a week or so, just inspecting, going in there sure. and, and seeing how progress is going with what we're looking like, what we need to do next. Uh, just making sure it's moving along nice and smooth. But for me, I try to uh, not involve myself in those processes as much as possible because I want to sure. stay on the front end. I right. want to be an acquisitions guy. Right. I think that's where my talent shine. Um, that's my superpower. So I want to stay in acquisitions and let, let uh, them run the operations and the work and getting projects to completion. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people, especially new investors, they get so wrapped up in having their hand in every single pot because they want to make sure everything is running smoothly. But I think actually Buddy Rushing mentioned it in one of his recent videos. He's like, being successful is learning to give other people the power to do what you're not good at. So if you know you're good at acquisition, acquisition uh, you know, acquisitions and getting houses and getting properties, then do that. Like let the contractors do the contracting work and let them rehab and come in weekly like you're doing and just check on the progress. But spend your time where you're good at and that's how you're gonna scale your business real fast. So that's that's oh, such yeah. a that's such a powerful tip. And uh, you know, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in just being everywhere every, at, when they first start out. And a lot of newer investors, they have to wear all the hats right. starting off. Cause you don't have a huge uh, budget to hire out right. a lot of functions. So you do. But you, in order to scale, you just have to specialize and you, you have do. to delegate or else you're just never going to make it to that next level. If, you want, if you're just going to be stuck, right. doing, you know, fixing toilets, uh, doing the contract work, trying to find that next deal, it's impossible. So yep. for me, I, I made that transition probably, oh, I don't know, probably at the tail end of 2021. And I, I the way I thought about it was, what is the uh, highest return on my time investment? Like, where can I make the most dollars? Where does it make the most sense for me to fit in? So for me, it was like, nobody else is going to find these deals and close them besides me. Yep. I have to be in that function until I maybe hire like a salesperson or something like mm-hmm. that. For me, it's like, there will never be any new deals in the pipeline unless <laughs> I'm sitting in that seat. So right. I want to sit there and make sure I'm closing the best deals I possibly can. Right. You know, use my silver tongue, make, you know, get warm yeah. and busy with homeowners and, and close deals. And Absolutely. The rest of it can be outsourced. And listen, that's one of the, that's one of the most important parts of the job right there, but getting a good deal under contract at the right price, all that other stuff you can manage and, and, you know, kind of negotiate and make sure your contract budget is in place. But if you're getting 
bad deals at bad prices, you're off on the, you know, it's hard to recover from that. So 100%. So here's a, I think a, a pretty charged topic in the real estate investment world. Taylor, do you work with real estate agents? Do you have real estate agents and brokers that are on your speed dial or do you kind of bypass that sort of function altogether? So um, I kind of bypassed this because I went and got my own license. Oh, smart. <laughs> so, That's one way to do it. Yeah. So I'm a Florida license agent. Oh, awesome. Yeah. When, when I got my license, I had really no intention of like being a, a retail agent and saying, hey, do you, right. do you like this, these, this layout? Do you like right. these countertops? Because for me, it's just not that exciting and it doesn't really get me pumped up. So. <laughs> Um, I literally got my license just to get MLS access and just to get access to open up properties and list my own flips. So that's, that's awesome. I, <laughs> that, I have my license in New York and I did it for the same exact reason. I got my, I have my, uh, in New York, if you're a licensed attorney, you can, you bypass all the requirements to be a broker. Oh, wow. So I'm actually a broker, a real estate broker in, uh, in New York, <laughs> and I did it only for the MLS access. I had no intention oh, on yeah. it. So I was like, yeah, I just want to have my, I just want to have instant access and I don't have to rely on another realtor to send me a, a listing or any, or set up a notification for me. So that's awesome, yeah. man. That's, that's a good tip too. Like, Hey, if you're in this world and you want to uh, get your license, you don't have to use it to, you know sell people stuff you can use it to accelerate your own growth as an investor and just be that much quicker on on deals that are coming on the on the market so super cool yep faster and you can kind of like double dip a little bit since you're getting yeah. if you buy it you're getting your commission on the front end and yep. when you list your own property that's you get awesome. a second little commission so you're kind of like that's so dipping. awesome but eventually taylor, what, you know i'll go ahead <laughs> taylor what percentage of the new deals that you find do you think come from public MLS listings oh. versus some other mechanism that you're using? That's a good question. I would say um, in the last quarter, I probably bought two on market. So maybe like a third. Okay. Yeah. So maybe like either a fourth or a third, somewhere in that of our deals are probably being sourced on market. So um, that's a good that's a good segue, to, uh, Taylor. Tell us a little bit about your off market plan, how you go about finding off market deals, and you know I, I'm sure people listening right now, this is an easy way for a young entrepreneur who doesn't have a lot of money to go out and try to you know put some leg power under themselves and and get off market deals. Yeah, and I think it's important to open up all your your marketing funnels. So I, I kind of break it down into three categories. There's the on market side, then there's inbound marketing and outbound marketing. And that's kind of more the the off market. And so um, on the networking side, I'm always trying to connect with other agents that can send me new deals okay. or yeah. wholesalers that can send me deals. And then on the inbound and outbound side, inbound, we're really focusing on kind of like the the internet presence. So we spend a lot of time on our website, on SEO, mm -hmm. on um, advertisements like Google ads, Facebook ads, you name it, because we want to drive leads towards us. Sure. And have them fill out our inquiries, so then I can you know reach out to them and take it from there. Um, on the outbound side, we kind of do more like out, you know, driving for dollars, putting up, I'll put up, uh, door hangers and I don't spend a lot of time driving, but I'm always driving around anyways, yeah. going to my houses or yeah. driving around town. And so I just keep an eye out and yeah. I'm always putting up door hangers. So I don't spend, I don't spend like a dedicated time just to sure. drive. But, but if you're out, you're, if you're out and you, you you see, you see a house with overgrown grass and, and, uh, no garbage cans out there, boom, door hanger. Oh yeah, door hanger, <laughs> door knocking. I, I still love, love that kind of old school method. That's uh, so cool. Talking to sellers face to face has always been my sure. favorite way to talk to people. So right, um, I'm still still trying to. Even, I started off door knocking, and I still I still do it. That's so. awesome, man. <laughs> That's awesome. 
How do you? Super I'm cool. I'm curious. I'm Spiros. I'm sorry. I'm hijacking. I have so many questions for Taylor. No, no, uh, how do you? How do you? Um, balance the potential deals from wholesalers because i think in at least in the industry wholesalers i mean i don't know personally i'm like i'm always cautious to get a deal from a wholesaler i've bought a deal from a wholesaler but i always think feel like there's an ulterior motive when they're sending me a deal or there's something if the foundation's completely shot or you know i don't know so how, what's your take on wholesalers and how do you evaluate the deals that they send you you know because there's thousands of email blasts a day from wholesalers with off-market properties so for me wholesalers it's a love and hate thing right um like there's good wholesalers out there um, that have legitimate businesses and they actually know how to run comps and they're pricing properties appropriately and they're not being greedy. Right. So with those wholesalers, I love them and I want to work with them and I want them to send me deals. Um, sure. That's their whole job. Right. Bird dog and, and find those deals. Right. Um, however, on the flip side is there's no regulation to be a wholesaler. Mm -hmm. So any Joe Schmo yeah. off the street can just say, I'm a wholesaler and go lock up properties. And what happens is a lot of times with these novices is they kind of screw everybody over because they screw the homeowner over because they're locking up the property too high and promising them they can get this. And then now they have false expectations right. and, and they don't close. So, and perhaps there's negative repercussions for them not being able to close that deal. Maybe they were banking on that person to close. They thought they were going to save them from foreclosure or something. Sure. And then they didn't. So I don't know if there needs to be regulation around that, but right. again, that's what's happening. And well, also a lot of times I'm in competition with these wholesalers mm -hmm. and they're ending, they're getting the contracts, not me. Mm -hmm. And right. they're just what, oh, but all they're doing is marketing it up higher, even more, <laughs> yeah. making the margins even skinnier. So right. that pisses me off. Yeah, right? for sure. Because you know, no wholesaler advertises saying I'm going to wholesale your property. They're no, going to say I'm a I'm a cash buyer. So right. there's a I don't really like the fact that there's um, you know a little bit of I don't know deception. Dis deception. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because um, they're saying I'm a cash buyer, but in reality they're marketing off to some other person. And yeah, they're, they're just the middleman, and they're going to give it to the actual right. cash buyer who has the money. Yep, and so. And again, they're just when they do that, they're taking all the meat off the deal, and then there's really right. nothing left besides bones to pick for whoever's trying to buy it or flip it, rent it, whatever. So right. I like I said, it's love hate, man. Yeah. It's like if you know what if you know what you're doing, then that's fantastic. But the problem is, is that most of them don't. Right. Yeah. No. Definitely, I agree 100. percent It's hard. It's a hard balance, and you know, it's good. You have to pick your battles and run your numbers. And I personally, that's why I love real estate the best, you know, listen, no matter what you give me, I'm going to run my own numbers. I don't care what ARV you have, you, you know, have <laughs> the, okay. Yeah. The house is a hundred thousand. The neighbor sold for one ten, and your ARV is two fifty. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, like that. It just, it, it doesn't work like that. So, uh, you know, I run my own numbers and if the numbers work, I go take a look at it. And if it doesn't, then I'm in control and I don't buy it. So, you know, it's, it's real easy to control. Yeah. Never trust the wholesalers, uh, comps, <laughs> there because they're trying to sell you something so I there's know. an ulterior motive there so i agree realize that <laughs> i agree i agree 100 percent. taylor how does your uh how does your wife fit into your business is it kind of a family affair or, or, or are you kind of a lone ranger <laughs> you know at, at first i kind of had to um and i think this is important for anybody you know that has a spouse and they want to get them involved you have to educate um, yeah. cause you know, you might have this vision in your head and where you want to go. You, you have to convey that to your partner and get them on board. It's a lot harder if your partner doesn't really, uh, agree with what you're doing. Like, Hey, I'm going to spend 50,000 of our savings and drop it into this deal. Then yeah. hopefully it works out. And they're gonna go. I like, I, they might despise you for that. Mm -hmm. So right. you really need to get them on board by educating and trying to bring them in into the fold as much as you can. I will say like, my wife doesn't like love real estate. Like mm -hmm. I do. I'm kind of, I love. 
I love real estate. She doesn't love it. Same. She's on board. Yep. And I think it's because I sold her yeah. on the vision, right? So like she's motivated by other things. And so but I say, this is why we're doing it because of our family, right. having more family time, being able to have this house we live in, you know, and right. we want to get a, a pool dug back there. So well, there you go. So it's like, here's why real estate gets us right. to this, to this end state that we want. So you got to just know, <laughs> right. You got to know what to say to, to get them. Yeah, too, no, that's super important. You don't need your your significant other to kind of be in the trenches with you, but just having their support and in your corner is huge, you know, so you don't really have to worry about, you know, so when you're in the, you know, doing podcasts like this or doing research or driving or looking at houses, you know, like, hey, they, they know the bigger picture. They're on board. I don't have to worry about it. And it just makes everything go smoother. Yeah, I'll nice tell smoother. you, um, you know, earlier this year when I first dove into this real estate thing. You know, I, like you, Taylor, you said you're a little obsessive compulsive about stuff. I am too, right? When, when I get a vision in my head, it's yep. like, that's all I'm doing 24 hours a day, eight Same. days a week Same. until we get to the finish line, right? So um, I think my wife was like, oh boy, you know. It's, <laughs> Here it's we go again. <laughs> it's happening again. Here we but, go again. <laughs> um, you know, this summer, and it's where, where we met Taylor at the, at the White Feather Financial Freedom Summit. You know, I brought my wife, I brought Jennifer with me uh, to Vegas. And actually, we also brought our son who had our son, Will, who had just recently gotten his Florida real estate license at the age of 18, brought him out there. And I'll tell you, um, our, as a family, our trajectory in military was changed, in, in real estate was changed. Right. Um, by going to that summit together, right, and listening to all those speakers together, um, and and for our son, I will say it was completely transformational because now he's you know he's on a path, he's got plans, he's got goals, he's working towards them every day, right. and it's all around this kind of community, and it brings it back to the the mastermind concept of you know surrounding yourself with people that that have the same vision that have you know, taking three steps beyond where you're at today and, yeah. and also surrounding yourself with people who are just getting started. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's why I asked that question because for me, it was huge. You know, at first I think my wife was kind of like, Oh boy, what, what are we getting into? And then after I took a little bit of time to get her involved and get her educated to really understand what I was talking about, what I was doing now we're all on board and now it's, it's very oh, natural and it's very comfortable, yeah. um, to go to go out into the marketplace and make yourself uncomfortable, it's sure. become sort of a comfortable state for us all together. So it's, it's very, very cool. So I, I definitely agree with the, make sure you educate those loved ones around you so they don't just think you're crazy. Yeah. And it's also good just to, <laughs> just to have your, your, your loved one, your significant other, to be able to talk about what you're doing, right. And then just not blow you off, even if they're, you know, faking it, whatever, just to have an open ear and have that, have that person to, who's listening to you. And I know my wife probably just, she, she shuts down. Anytime I talk about real estate, she just puts a smile on and fakes it. She's like, yeah, sure. Whatever you think. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Thanks for the help. So I, it's helpful. Talk real estate all day too. Yeah. Why don't you tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can get a hold of you. Um, just go through and kind of market your business and, and tell people how they can definitely they can track Taylor wing down. Definitely. Yeah. And also want to say, I, I had a chance to speak to your son too at the summit and awesome kid, man. Like he's got his head on his shoulders. He's already thinking about the future and, you know, he's attacking real estate. I wish I had, yeah, like, <laughs> I, agree. Know, I, had, I was as mature as him at that age. I, I was agree. thinking about that. Um, 
back then. So I appreciate I that. It's going to be super successful and starting so young. It's awesome. Thank um, you. But yeah, for me, uh, best way to get a hold of me, I'm most active on Instagram. So it's just my name, Taylor Wing underscore. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much on every social platform now, YouTube, uh, thank you, TikTok. Uh, I have an assistant that helps me manage some of the social media. So <laughs> I'm on pretty much everything. Cool. But, uh, from, I, I try to focus on Instagram mostly. Yeah. Um, so hit me up there on LinkedIn too. Um, just anywhere, Taylor Wing. It should be the only one half Asian looking dude. <laughs> Taylor, I have one. I want uh, one high level question for you that I think super important for all the for everybody listening, and it might obviously take a few minutes to answer, which I think is okay if you have the time. Talk, just tell everybody, tell the listeners real fast. You know, this is important. How does a cadet going? You know, a cadet who's at West Point who's just graduating, newly commissioned officer, go from no units to 32 units in two, three years. Like, just walk us how you did it, what your process was like, because I know everybody, that that's going to be super important for people to hear to say, hey, listen, Taylor could do it. He was in a similar position as me as I'm just, you know, I'm just commissioning. This is what he walked through. This is how he did it. I'm going to follow those steps. Absolutely. I think number one, if you can find a good mentor to have in your corner, mm-hmm. um, just to, like you said, look over your shoulder, that helps a lot. So number one, find a mentor uh, and, and just see where they're at. And if they're, if you respect them and they're in a position that you want to be in, that's the guy you want to follow. So find somebody like that. Um, number two is you, you're going to have to spend a lot more, work harder and put in way more time than a lot of your peers. I mean, right. You know, coming out as a cadet and young lieutenant, I mean, I, I, I waste a lot of time doing what young men do <laughs> partying nothing wrong with girls, that nothing wrong with that which is cool yeah which is cool but <laughs> but you're gonna have to kind of do what what everyone else isn't doing so all your peers your other soldiers lieutenants they're not going to be doing what you're probably doing and sure you're think you're a little bit crazy yeah you just know that you're you have to go out there um and do what what everyone else is not doing so number three uh you have to be alone like if yep. you're a cadet and you're coming out, that's the most powerful loan product in the world. Hundred percent, hundred percent of an asset. It's crazy. Hundred percent. So use it. So yep. when you get to your first duty station or wherever, use it. You can buy a single family or up to a four unit. And I want like my goal is like when you hit your first duty stations, try to live for free. Right. And that's what I did in Fayetteville. I was able to pocket all of my Bay Age and live for free for for several years, which helps you just you know, move so much faster, so powerful, you don't have a living expense and then use that money, especially if you have a Cal loan too, or a career starter loan, mm-hmm. start rolling that into some properties, yep. um, whether that be Burr. I did a lot of Burr when I started, um, learn how to do sub two creative finance. That's how you're going to get your money momentum to move a lot faster. A lot of folks, they're still stuck in the black and white of traditional financing, which is, which is great too. Right. But if you put 20% down in a property and it's stuck in there, Especially as a young lieutenant, it's right. like your whole, right. your whole savings for the year. Uh-huh. <laughs> so right. your, your money's stuck in there and you're not going to be able to do anything else. So you got to think outside the box. If you want to move as fast as I did, you got to yeah. think outside the box, creatively problem solve, and use some of those more creative strategies to have your, so your money has a little bit more velocity behind it. Right. Taylor, can you t- just quickly touch upon the Burr? Because I think it's such a powerful tool, especially for young investors, that they can take that money if they have a little bit of money for a down payment and they can buy a property and they can recycle it and move quickly. I think that's really powerful. Yep. So Burr, Burr is just an acronym. I know military, we love our acronyms. Right. So this will, this will work great for all y'all. Uh, number one is the is the B, which is buy. And this is the most important step because you always make your money on the purchase. You screw up the buy, you're, you purchase you're in a too hole. high, it's you're done. You're done. <laughs> because 
you're not going to make it up in the rehab. You're not going to get a better appraisal. Right. Done. So, so number one, focus on that. Get, get a good deal. Uh, number two is the renovate. So burr, it's just B R R R R. So next step is the renovate. So you want to make sure that your, your renovation and your purchase price are under that threshold that you want to refinance out in the back end. So it's probably going to be under 75%, maybe 70, depending on what loan to value you can pull out, right. but your purchase and your rehab do have to be under that threshold. If you want to pull out all your capital on the back end. So there's the buy renovate rent. You're going to rent this property out, start cash flowing. Then you're going to do that refinance that mm -hmm. I mentioned. You're going to do a cash out refinance most likely. Um, again, whatever is the highest loan to value you can pull out, which maybe up to 80%. Yeah. Um, for me, it's been mostly like 70, 75. Okay. Um, and the last step after that's just repeat. Once you get your money back after the cash out refi, do it all over again. And in a perfect world, if you do the burr correctly, uh, which I've done, and it's a fantastic feeling, is you get all your money back. You keep oh, the yeah. you keep the house, and you just do it again. And I want I, I want I want I really appreciate that, Taylor. And I want to tell all the Navy folks out there because we've been using a lot of these. You know, if you if you chose to go Navy, you're one step ahead of the game. Oh just, come on. <laughs> okay. I, we should have so we should have probably thing. broken this down a little bit for our Navy folks who are listening. I know we might. I know Taylor and I might be speaking at a high level that everybody can't follow along <laughs> no i'm just kidding um taylor i know I, I know i speak for spirits when i say this we honestly can't thank you enough man you're a superstar in the real estate world and our listeners are this is a huge treat for our listeners i know we're all busy these days and uh for you to take some time out on a, on a saturday morning with the family we can't thank you enough and this has been fantastic and we'll link all your socials your instagram for any any uh entrepreneur real estate investor out there who wants to get in touch with Taylor, please, you know, reach out and, uh, you know, we're here if you ever need anything and definitely want to have you back on the podcast again in, uh, in, in the near future so we can get an update. And I know 32 is probably going to turn into 500 soon. So we definitely got to get a recap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys. I mean, this is my passions. This is what I'm excited about. This gets me going. This gets my Saturday. Me started off. On there you go. So thank you for allowing me to come on. And last question for you guys is, What's the origin of, of Freedom Fries? Oh, great question. That's an yeah, awesome you know, question. <laughs> that's a great question. So so on the aircraft carrier, you know, we we, we go fly uh, all evening and then you come back and you're hungry before it's time to go to bed. So you go to the chow hall and they usually have uh, one-eyed jacks, which was a cheeseburger with a fried egg on top. And, you know, instead of calling them French fries, it was always called a Freedom Fry. Um and then, and then, the, and then the fries part of it is actually something that, as as Mike and I were trying to inspire this podcast, uh -huh. my wife came up with the acronym that fries stands for focused real estate investing for epic success. It's all, it's all, the, the brain works behind this podcast is Spiros's wife. And it, we, we, we can't yeah. thank her enough. She came up with everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's the, awesome. that's what freedom fries is. And, uh, you know, we're trying to, trying to, like I said, highlight the stories behind the real estate. Right. the people behind the real estate um, and, and really put that, that human aspect to it. Because at the end of the day, I think we've talked on a couple of the other episodes that we're not really buying or selling anything. We're in, in the business of relationships, we're right. in the business of getting to know people, getting to know where they're at, creating a win-win. And, and when you can do that, 
you know, you're going to have epic success. And that's what, what Freedom Fries Real Estate Podcast is all about. Yeah, man. I love that. Thank that's you so awesome. much, Taylor. We can't thank you enough, man. We'll definitely talk soon, brother. Thank you. I'm going to go get some Freedom Fries for lunch. <laughs> go Navy. Thanks for tuning in to the Freedom Fries Podcast. Join Mike and Spiros next time as they bring more real talk about real estate investing highs and lows. Freedom Fries is focused real estate investing for epic success.